Da Vinci Code came out. Really, The Da Vinci Code didn't do anything truly new. I mean, the History Channel and the Discovery Channel had been running sensationalized programs about how the gospel was false for years. And still does. Every Christmas and Easter, you can count to count on seeing one of those. But I was in high school at the time. And this was one of those moments one of those crystallizing moments for me. You see, the reason that the Da Vinci Code made such a big splash, I think, is for two reasons. One, because it was a novel. And who doesn't like to read a good novel? The second was the lies within it were portrayed as fact, or based on fact, rather, and... Christians by far, that is, Christians without any learning beyond Sunday school, were not and are not equipped to deal with the lies presented. And I remember, after I read it, listening to Dr. James White on The Dividing Line. He took numerous programs going through each issue raised by the book, going through the actual history, and then going through the fraudulent history, and where that all comes from. And it was, just like the book, it was so sensational. I guess, in my mind, I always imagined him doing it in a dark, smoke-filled room, hunched over a microphone, like any moment some shadowy government figure was going to come yank him away. Well, I guess that's just the way my mind works. Some years later, I was in college, and I took a one-semester course on the creeds and confessions of the church. And after the final, I remember remarking to my professor that if people would just take a course like this, it was, it was a one-semester course, a once-over lightly of the early creeds and confessions of the church, If they took just that course, they would be more than equipped to counter the lies about church history that were told in the Da Vinci Code and are told elsewhere in our culture. I mean, let's face it, who hasn't heard the same old spiel about the Bible being written hundreds of years later and then translated and retranslated and then rewritten and scrapped and rewritten again, translated, lost, found, that whole line, which is bunk, by the way. Anybody who uses that line has proved their ignorance of church history, specifically of how the text was transmitted and came to be in our hands. But as I said before, it was a crystallizing moment for me. I've always loved history. Um, That was always my favorite subject in school, and it was always wonderful to read through our textbook about various events. And I'm a guy, so of course I enjoy war history. And with the dawn of the internet, it's made it all the easier to look up information about past events and people. The unfortunate thing about the internet is it also makes it much easier for a lie to spread. And for ignorance to abound and compound itself. 
It is my position that the church today is ignorant to her own detriment on her family history, which is what has finally culminated for me in this podcast. Now, what is this podcast all about? Well, it's not going to be five minutes long. Dr. Nichols is already doing that. It's called Five Minutes in Church History. Well worth your time. I'm going to try and not be shallow in my presentation uh, or quick. I want to try and be as precise as possible. Is I want to take the subject of a person or an event in our history and walk through it a chunk at a time. I'm thinking maybe six to ten episodes depending on the subject. And I want to present it to you in a way that you might not have heard before. And it's my hope that I will awaken in you, the listener, a appreciation for our history and perhaps maybe even a spark of love for it. I have to warn you now, the history of Christendom is not pretty. It has amazing bright moments, and it has some pretty dark moments in it too. I don't want to present our heroes of church history in a better light than the Bible would present the heroes mentioned in its pages in a better light. I mean, let's face it, the Bible gives us warts and all of of its characters, right? David, considered a man after God's own heart, also a murderer and an adulterer. It's my hope that I can present to you the figures of church history, these giants, as it were, in a way that makes them come alive for you. And I also hope for myself that they'll become more real to me. After all, these are men who labored and in some cases bled and suffered and died for the faith once delivered to all the saints. Mm-hmm.